0: Welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk. Joining with me is Justin Baker. I am Mark Paul. Justin, you're joining us from your truck. That is correct. So if Uh, if the audio's weird, that's why. Uh, Nothing really big happened today. We're just kind of recording a random episode... Just because, right? Is that that's yeah? I mean, kind of the nothing deal? big
1: today or yesterday either. I mean, yeah, absolutely,
0: is- like zilch. I mean, what's happening? Uh, oh wait, we're actually doing an episode solely devoted to the Eric Carlson trade. Uh, we felt like, regardless of what was going on in our own lives, we needed to take a little bit of time out and talk about this trade and uh, just kind of break it down. Our initial thoughts on it, and ironically, we just did the Pacific Division uh, rankings. And I have a feeling that, well, I think you had them. Where do you have them finishing? First? The Sharks, yeah, first. Absolutely. First. And that was before the Eric Carlson trade. So do you yes. have them first overall in the whole league now? <laughs> uh, uh, it's looking good. And I might have them higher than third, I which is where <laughs> I think I put them. So uh, a little bit of that changes. So we just felt like, let's talk about this. 15 minutes and just uh, give our thoughts about how it's going to impact the league. So before we break it down, let's actually run through exactly what was moved and the conditions of of everything. And so, Justin, feel free to jump in here if I miss anything uh, or you want to add any any thoughts on the actual trade itself. Uh, The Senators trade Eric Carlson to the San Jose Sharks. Uh, San Jose sends to the Senators forward Chris Tierney defenseman Dylan DeMello forward prospects Josh Norris and Rudolphs Balsers as well as a first round pick either in 2019 or 2020 and then a second round pick in 2019 now if the Sharks miss the playoffs in this next season the first rounder will be in 2019 otherwise it's a 2020 pick that will go to Ottawa
1: Yes, and uh, just to point out, too, neither first-round picks are lottery protected.
0: Okay, got it. It's only, if, well, if the Sharks miss the playoffs, then the first-rounder belongs to Ottawa, right?
1: Yes, that's correct. Yeah,
0: so basically it's actually a built-in, like, hey, if you happen to miss the playoffs, we get your good pick that year. You don't get to protect it. Yeah, increasing
1: it their odds of getting Jack Hughes since they gave up their first-rounder.
0: Which, San Jose misses the playoffs... Uh, only if everyone dies. <laughs> it, much. I mean, at least injury-wise, if they they'd have to get decimated by injuries for this team to miss the playoffs in probably the weakest division in the league. Not to mention that uh, you know, there, yeah, there's some there's some a few rough teams in that that division. Vancouver not excluded. Uh, also, should the Sharks sign Carlson to a contract extension, Ottawa receives a second-round pick in 2021, which becomes a first-round pick, not lottery-protected, if San Jose reaches the Stanley Cup Final in 2019. So San Jose makes the Stanley Cup Finals next year, then it's a first-round pick, so they get two first-round picks. As well, if Carlson is on an Eastern Conference roster during the 2018-19 season, which means that if the Sharks can't re-sign Eric Carlson and they go trade him at the deadline and they trade him to an Eastern Conference team, the Sharks will have to give the Senators another first-round pick. So a, a pretty interesting amount of of uh, different scenarios. Oh, and that first-round pick can be no later than 2022.
1: Correct. Yeah. Uh,
0: so, yeah, I mean, uh, the Sharks also acquire Francis Perron. That's that's who they get uh, coming alongside Eric Carlson. So, you know, that familiar face that Eric Carlson gets with them. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So initial thoughts and and there and just to put it to rest, there is no extension. And I think that that is obvious with all the conditions attached that unlike the Max Pacioretty deal to Las Vegas, where. You know within about twelve hours, we found out, oh actually this deal is contingent on a deal getting done um, that is not the case with this deal so Eric Carlson's still a potential free agent for the 2019 off season, but uh San Jose is going all in I'd say this is this is San Jose going we've got maybe one more shot at a cup with this roster, so they're laying it all out on the line
1: yeah I would. Completely agree with that. Uh, One quick thing to point out, uh, something I found interesting about the Max Pacioretty trade, uh, apparently George McPhee was given about a seven- or eight-hour window to try to negotiate an extension with him, and he literally took it down to, like he said, the last 15 minutes to do so. Um, Nice. Now, as far as Eric Carlson's concerned, I've already heard, and for those who maybe haven't read yet, apparently he obviously does not want to think about that yet. He wants to get settled in, get his family Uh, Settled, And then he's going to decide if he and his family would like to stay in San Jose long term. Now, as someone who's been over there on the the West Coast and spent a lot of time up there, uh, I can say it's a wonderful place. So not a bad place to end your career if that's uh, what you're thinking.
0: No, and I mean, the deal that he would get would be for uh, probably a pretty similar deal to what Tavares got, is my guess. Absolutely. Uh, Which... If you remember, the Sharks were very in on Tavares. We're going to pay more, up to potentially $13 million a year for Tavares. So you got to think that they didn't get Tavares, so they went, well, we're going all in for Carlson. And you have to think that they're willing to put the majority of that money that they would have given to Tavares to Eric Carlson. So it's essentially been allocated one way or the other.
1: Right, and uh, you know, apparently the sentiment is it's probably going to take somewhere of $11, eleven, eleven and a half million for eight years to get him signed. And uh, I mean, you you heard today, Jamie Ben or not Jamie Ben, Tyler Sagan too just signed his extension eight years. I believe at nine eight seven five. I believe it yes, was yes,
0: yes. And I believe we when we talked and we said, you know, it's uh, are they going to give him more than Jamie Ben? I think that this is about right with the percentage of the cap uh that it's they're almost identical deals. So yeah. good for the good for the stars to get him locked up because it sounded like there was a little bit of frustration on Sagan's part at least. Sure. And uh so I'm I'm glad because it, it seems as though not a lot have gone right for Stars fans the last uh six or seven years. So those two are locked up. Now you can really start to build your team long term, you know you can start thinking long term again because they're all set there so uh, but as far as this Carlson deal goes, w- let's let's talk each player individual. Chris Tierney thoughts on on maybe how he'll fit into the Ottawa lineup
1: Yeah, I, I firmly see him being a number two three center for this team. Um, you know he's a 40 50 point player at best right now. Um, Now, whether or not he improves or maybe that was because, you know, the players that were around him in San Jose, in in all honesty, are much better than they they are in Ottawa right now. Um, You know, maybe his point total decreases a little bit. Maybe he doesn't end up being anything more than a 30, 40 point guy in Ottawa. But I think uh, the sentiment with with Ottawa has to be, you know, hey, we need center depth and you know, even future-wise, we could potentially lose our number one center with Matt Duchesne leaving. But you know, after this year, and who knows, he might get be the next on the block too.
0: Sure. Uh, I, now, I would say that with Tier, Tierney, average about sixteen minutes a game, uh, and I'd say that's probably about right for a guy who's a second line, third line center. Uh, mm-hmm. For yeah, for like you said, forty points. It was a career high by far. I mean, he, his career high before that was twenty three points. Uh, right. So. He 5-on-5, he, five five, I mean, 39 points 5-on-5, five five, I think. Sorry, is that right? Uh, no, I'm sorry, 20, 20, uh, 29 points 5-on-5. Five five. Just, okay. just solid. He did have a, his highest shooting percentage, 14.4%. Maybe that comes back down a little bit. But you got to think that he's going to get some different responsibilities in Ottawa, right? And so where in San Jose he almost was he was a third A third line, fourth line center at times, depending on who was healthy and who wasn't. And so I think that him coming into San Jose as a 23-year-old or 24-year-old, I mean, he can come in and maybe he goes. I I would think that he'll probably have a career year again, uh, given the new responsibilities that he's going to have. And he'll play higher up in the lineup, which should give him some, some opportunities, you would think.
1: Yeah, you would think so. And I, I think maybe getting the opportunity to play with, um, you know, some budding stars and even a guy like, you know, Stone over there, you might see some time with him would be, you know, very well
0: for him. Yeah, I do think that on a Stanley Cup winning team that Chris Tierney is nothing more than a fourth-line center. Uh, yeah. But he's a fine third-line center, and it's a little bit of – it's a stretch to have him play in your top six. Uh, you can you can have him be in your top nine. Yeah, actually not a bad faceoff guy he was fifty one percent last year. Uh so I mean that's that's always something good to have in your back pocket, to be good at draws. And I'd say that it's about this time when players start to really hit their stride in terms of draws if they're going to be good at them. It takes them a few years to be able to outmaneuver some of the veterans and with the rules changing this past season with the face offs that maybe we're seeing new new blood and uh, reflexes become more important because you can't just physically block a guy out anymore, right? So, Right. Uh, okay, other players that maybe people don't know about. Uh, Josh Norris from the University of Michigan. He was drafted in the first round in 28, uh, 2017 by the Sharks, 19th overall. Uh, he does have a, a gold medal in World Juniors. uh I mean, as as far as I mean, he plays for University of Michigan, right? So we mm-hmm. and and I think what we were saying, he had twenty three points in thirty seven games last year. So about about right for a guy who's nineteen years old in uh, in his first year in college hockey, uh, where you, you want to see a guy get better. And I'd say that he there's a good chance that Josh Norris at the center, whether he he's a true center or he ends up playing the wing, that uh, he could be a guy that can not make the Senators this season, but in the next two years he could be on this, this Senators roster.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely think that's fair. I think he, you know, is definitely one of the, the key pieces. I think, you know, Ottawa has to think about the future when it comes to, you know, this sort of deal. And he's the type of guy that they're hoping is going to develop because he is a first-round pick. You hope that maybe he develops into a top-six forward eventually.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, a couple of things that some different – uh evaluation sites have kind of said about him. Good patience with the puck. Selects his shots and passing lanes well. That's futureconsiderations.ca. Hockeyprospect.com says he plays of a pass-first game, yet can find the back of the net with this quick release and accurate shot. So definitely sounds more like a center where you've got a guy who's much more willing to set players up. Uh, It'll be interesting to see how he does in the University of Michigan and uh, probably – once again, we'll be on the world junior team. So uh, sure. a, a good, nice pickup for the Senators. Essentially, we're, say, we're saying, hey, the Senators potentially, potentially the Senators could get four first-round draft picks out of this <laughs> because he because Norris is a first-round pick. They yep. get a first-round pick. They get another first-round pick if the Sharks, uh, if, if he ends up getting traded to – an Eastern Conference team and they also get a first round pick. What's the other, uh, if they make the Stanley cup final. So imagine if they, of course that would be a lot of weird things. They'd have to not only trade Carlson in the, <laughs> at the trade deadline, but also make the Stanley cup final. So it would be a, yep. a pretty crazy. That would be a little, a little stretch, but, uh, w- now the other player, Rudolph's balsers. What, uh, what have you been able to find out about him?
1: Uh, less than nothing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. He's uh, he did play in the AHL this last season for the San Jose Barracudas at 48 points in 67 games in the AHL are some pretty decent numbers. Uh, sure. Was drafted in the fifth round in 2015. He's a left winger. Uh, it's you know when you look at those those stats. I mean, 77 points in 66 games in the Western Hockey League with Cam Loops. and then he comes over. Plays in the AHL has a about an average of two uh, point every every two games or or, no sorry two points every three games Uh, has a decent playoff even though it was a four four round four game round I mean they got swept still had four points in four games uh, and six points in the World Juniors or World Championships in eight games so I mean all all in all you got to think that. He can at least develop into someone who can make your roster, provide some depth for your team. Uh, but as far as you know, we know about the guy. That's that's about all we can really offer on him. Uh, now, okay, so when we take a step back and we go, okay, you got Chris Tierney, third line center. You've got Josh Norris, a guy who who could step into your top six in two or three years, perhaps. Uh, mm-hmm. And then you know, for all intents and purposes, a guy who is is a wild card we'll say in balsers and then a lot of draft picks. Uh, for and don't ours.
1: forget uh Dylan de DeMilo, DeMilo mm. in there as well.
0: Yes, Dylan DeMelo, of course. <laughs> and that makes the trade a little better. <laughs> yes, Dylan DeMelo. A guy who really started to uh kind of find his own in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, and I I think too for for Ottawa this is it's a nice, you know, key, you know, key little piece to put on defense. I know they're a, uh, you know Thomas Shabbat has been their big defensive prospect, but I think it's nice to have uh, another younger defenseman, and especially one who's a right-handed shooter. Um, you know he will definitely fill in a role there with that team. He'll be on that top six, I believe, right out of the gate, and um, should should be a nice acquisition to, to go along uh, to start the year for them.
0: When I think of this trade, I go okay. The Sharks just just traded a third line, fourth line center.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: A few draft picks and a prospect, and then we're able to flip Dylan DeMello, a five-six defenseman, for the best defenseman in the NHL the last over the last three years. Right. That's a pretty good trade for Doug Wilson yeah. and the San Jose Sharks when you think I'm about pretty- it that way. You yeah, think about who not, you're taking out of the lineup and dropping in there. It's DeMello for Carlson. Right.
1: <laughs> yeah, and the, the biggest takeaway for me when, when I first looked at this, I didn't necessarily look at the pieces that were going back and forth because I figured regardless what was going to happen with Carlson, wherever he went, there was going to be a lot of pieces coming back to Ottawa. But, um, you know, for me, and we, we sort of touched on it a little bit during our Pacific Division preview. You look at all the other teams in that division getting, you know, players around them. For instance, Vegas went out and got Pacharidi and Paul Stasny. L.A. brought in Kovalchuk. Calgary got James Neal, Hannafin, Lindholm. Arizona got Galchenyuk. Uh, Anaheim and Edmonton really didn't do anything, but those other big teams in the in the division went out and got better. And you know, San Jose obviously went out and just decided, okay, we'll add Evander Kane. Great addition. And then let's just go out and get the best defenseman, like you said, over the last few years. And uh if anything, to me, they come out just looking far better than the rest of these teams already, let alone already being a top contending team in that division.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think the Sharks have with this move, they are now potentially. I think what you saw John Tavares do for the Leafs, where you know, all of a sudden, A lot of people have them as the favorites to win the Stanley Cup. I think this Mm -hmm. move does something very similar that San Jose has to be considered the favorite in the Western Conference.
1: Yeah. Now, if if we're just looking on paper. Yeah. Just looking on. Yeah. Now, crazy little thought I had in just just imagining, and it just sounded so juicy. Uh, Playing Brett Burns and Eric Carlson on that top power play unit together at the point. Just disgusting.
0: Uh, Yeah. uh, I. I mean, there aren't too many teams where you could roll out three defensemen on your power play right. and it would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you could even throw Vlasic out there and you'd be just fine. So, yeah, the certainly those two guys. I Now I wonder, are we going to see Carlson on one and Burns on the other or are we going to see them together? I would put them on different
1: ones. I, I would agree with you. I think it's probably best to stick them on different ones just because again i think honestly i think you put carlson on the second one if you're me because that gives him a little bit more of a free reign to just kind of do what he wants and i think you know brett burns can help complement all the other star pieces that are around him on that first unit yep
0: yep i uh, i would agree with that and i think that brent burns the beauty of this is that i don't really think that brent burns is a guy who's uh um, who needs to be a number one defenseman in all the ways that we would think of that guy? Now you've got Carlson coming in. Carlson can he can play with anyone. He makes everyone better, and so you can still
1: keep Vlasic and Burns together.
0: And uh, and it's the beauty of it you can put anybody you want with Carlson.
1: Yeah, and here's another scenario for you too that uh, you know if you're San Jose and you're thinking okay when you're looking at your pairings on defense right you've got. Brendan Dillon, Justin Braun, Vlasic, Brett Burns, Eric Carlson taking up your top five, which is not too shabby, right? Right. And you got, a, you got you know, uh, Joakim Ryan, a guy who's up and coming. Uh, you know, you got a c- couple other little younger pieces that maybe you might want to bring up. But say, for instance, you're like, okay, let's try rolling out Brett Burns again back at the wing and putting him up on that top six forward position Ooh, and see what he does he there. You think he's
0: going to go to the forward position. Now, that's, uh, that's, an, I interesting, mean, that's an interesting thought. I, uh, wow. And, I mean, at least on the power play, yeah. You could right. certainly entertain that idea. Well, uh, we will certainly – we'll get more to the Ottawa Senators, I think, in our Atlantic Division uh, rankings, which is going to be our next show. So uh, we'll we'll talk more about this trade, I'm sure. There will be some fallout from it, and uh, we'll find out more details of how it all happened. But uh, until then, follow us on Twitter, at OT Hockey Talk. We've got to run – let us know what you think of the trade and let us know your Atlantic Division rankings and we'll, uh, we'll read them on the next show. We will talk to you guys later.